In my last passage, part 2, I discussed the prophetic significance of travails within birthings of God's holy children as these relate to end-time events, and especially the timing of these events. In this current passage, part 3, I will continue discussing the prophetic significance of travails and birthings of God's spiritual children, particularly as these relate to upcoming war, via the sword, events in the country of Israel and the nation of Babylon U.S. Accordingly, these events will be addressed in this passage as follows. Travails, birthings, and the war on the country of Israel. Travails, birthings, and the war on the nation of Babylon U.S. Holy Child birthing events as additional signs of war and necessary exodus from Babylon U.S. I will address each of these topic areas in its own respective section below. Travails, birthings and the war on the country of Israel. The daughter of Zion is a bellwether, symbolic sign for the end times country of Israel. Her personal situation, having been betrayed and persecuted by former allies, see my prior passages, is directly analogous to the country of Israel's situation. The country of Israel's so-called peace that will soon be declared with other nations will ultimately be discovered to have been a false peace among insincere, deceiving, and betraying international antichrist Chaldean partners. Do you see these developments potentially transpiring in our current day? Zion's travails and the birth of Jacob will be ominous news for the country of Israel. Recall that Jesus told us that in the last days when Jerusalem is surrounded by armies that its desolation is near. Old Testament prophets also told us about this coming time. This is the same general time period when the daughter of Zion will cry out in travail and give birth to her firstborn, Jacob. Upon doing so, she will be surrounded just like Jerusalem will be. For I have heard a voice as of a woman in travail, and the anguish as of her that bringeth forth her first child, the voice of the daughter of Zion, that bewaileth herself, that spreadeth her hands, saying, Woe is me now! For my soul is weary because of murderers. Jer 431 Behold the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people because of them that dwell in a far country, is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images, and with strange vanities? Jer 19 The country of Israel's punishment that I have described in detail in previous passages will come upon it for all of their activities related to worshipping false gods and following occultic practices. The country of Israel's misguided leaders will realize that they are the ones in the far country, See second scripture above and recall that the daughter of Zion resides in Babylon U.S., who have persecuted their own people's matriarch. Israel's leaders at this point will realize that they have been deceived and duped all along by the Antichrist Chaldeans in a false peace process. I have described before how this peace agreement between the country of Israel and other countries will really be about a peace process for the daughter of Zion, Jacob, and the Jacob army who have exposed the powerful Antichrist Chaldean system as a crime syndicate and the peace process will fail because the country of Israel's leaders will have been heavily deceived and blinded as to the truth. God says. For the hurt of the daughter of my people am I hurt, I am black, astonishment hath taken hold on me. Is there no bomb in Gilead, is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Jer 8 21-22. Behold, their valiant ones shall cry without, the ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. Is 33-7. The health of God's daughter will not be recovered or resolved by the phony peace process. This will have been a false, Chaldean-led process that, above board, appeared to be for peace between the country of Israel and other nations. But behind the scenes, in secret, which is how the Antichrist Chaldeans operate, it will merely have been a symbolic, ritualistic process for the Antichrist Chaldeans, especially those in Israel and Babylon, ongoing war against the righteous Jacob army Judah remnant bloodline that includes the daughter of Zion. 
the country of Israel's leaders at this time will finally realize that their Chaldean friends were actually their enemies and betrayers. At this time, the country of Israel's leaders will also recognize the extent of their own corruption. As I mentioned above, this appears to happen at the point when Zion gives birth to her firstborn Jacob, Israel. In addition to their mistreatment and persecution of the daughter of Zion, the country of Israel's deceived Chaldean leaders will learn about their role in the persecution and abandonment of Jacob in the events leading to his spiritual birth. Jacob is also in the same far country, i.e. Babylon U.S., as the daughter of Zion. In a reference to the persecution of Jacob Israel via the Chaldean mob, God says the following in his scolding of Judah's, country of Israel's, leaders? Is Israel a servant? Is he a homeborn slave? Why is he spoiled? Jer 2:14. God's rhetorical question here could have a meaning for several constituents, but at the least there is likely one meaning for the country of Israel that is Antichrist Chaldean bondage as a nation itself, and one meaning for end times Jacob who has been taken into Chaldean captivity in Babylon. The country of Israel's leaders will be shown to be spiritually bankrupt. The country of Israel's leaders will be shown in front of the world to be spiritually bankrupt and godless. Think of the irony here. The daughter of Zion, Israel's queen mother has just given spiritual birth to Jacob, a prince in Israel's kingdom to come, while she is in a far country, Babylon U.S., and in heavy travail. Meanwhile, the leaders in God's own land, the country of Israel, are caught in their treacherous dealings, is 33 to 1, false gods and iniquities that were responsible for the persecution of their people's own royal family members. In Jeremiah, ch. 2, God chides His people for their two evils, put simply, forsaking Him and following other gods i.e. they have changed their gods, Jer 2 11. The country of Israel's leaders will have been deceived and tricked. In reference to their corruption and insulting failure, God implicates them for not watching out for their own people, their righteous remnant. They will recognize at this time their own spiritual bankruptcy, which is symbolized by being without child. Here, God refers to those who will come from the north, Jer 13:20, who are those who will eventually return as the holy, royal and righteous remnant who have been spiritually birthed and will inherit the kingdom. Consider the following as one line of scripture, beginning with God's question to corrupt Judas, country of Israel's, leaders and ending with these leaders realizing their folly. Lift up your eyes, and behold them that come from the north, where is the flock that was given thee, thy beautiful flock? Jer 13 20. Ye shall conceive chaff, ye shall bring forth stubble, your breath, as fire, shall devour you. Is 33 11. We have been with child, we have been in pain, we have as it were brought forth wind, we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Is 26 18. Prior to the final return of God's righteous remnant, the country of Israel will implode from within and then be attacked from without they will discover that they have been set up and tricked by the Antichrist Chaldeans, likely going all the way back to their country's inception in 1948. The Chaldeans will have been represented by traitors from within in God's own land. In speaking about God's last day's punishment on the country of Israel, with a reference to Zion's labor pains, the prophet Jeremiah is referring to these Antichrist Chaldean infiltrators and traitors within when he says. What wilt thou say when he shall punish thee? For thou hast taught them to be captains, and as chief over thee, shall not sorrows take thee, as a woman in travail? Jer 13:21. Internal Chaldean traitors in the country of Israel's own leadership ranks will have been instrumental in bringing about their own country's destruction. God meanwhile will subsequently bring punishment via the sword onto the country of Israel and its leaders. This is the point at which they will recognize. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Jer 8:20. While Israel's leaders will not be saved, 
God will protect and eventually save and deliver both Jacob and the daughter of Zion who are members of his small flock remnant. Zion's travailing to give birth above is with Jacob and his end-time spiritual birth very likely coincides with his preliminary deliverance. God has promised that he will ultimately break the bonds that enslaved him. The event of Jacob's spiritual birthing is the beginning of the time of the tribulation period. God will also similarly come to the daughter of Zion's defense with judgment and righteousness, Jer 33-5, for what he calls the hurt of the daughter of my people, Jer 8 21. The daughter of Zion's additional holy children who were initially birthed i.e. Babylon's Jacob army Judah remnant will be saved and delivered as well. This is God's small flock remnant of children who will be established and set up along with the whole house of Israel in the kingdom to come. Travails, Birthings and the War Against the Nation of Babylon U.S. I have written in detail on this site about how end times Babylon U.S. can be considered virtually one and the same as the Northern Kingdom, or people of Ephraim, for the purposes of understanding last days prophetic events. I have also shown in prior passages that God's punishment in the last days will come upon Babylon, including a final destroying invasion. In this section I will show how travailing, birth pains and spiritual births of God's children will correlate with this punishment. Tracking these birthing-related signs and events reveals the same story that I have previously told for Babylon. It will also show how the last day's story of Babylon will very closely mirror that of the country of Israel's, just described above. The Beginning of the End for the Nation of Babylon Zion Births Jacob The beginning of the end for the nation of Babylon will be the time when Babylon's leaders realize they are caught in their own corruption. Treacherous dealers and treacherous dealings will be attributed to both Babylon's and the country of Israel's leaders in the last days. The prophet Isaiah says about this time, referring to Babylon. A grievous vision is declared unto me, the treacherous dealer dealeth treacherously, and the spoiler spoileth. Is 21-2. This treacherous dealing will likely coincide, at least roughly, with the time of the spiritual birthing of Jacob. I believe this birthing of Jacob is at a time when crimes and atrocities of the Antichrist Chaldeans against the Jacob army Judah remnant are revealed. Other countries around the world will also realize Babylon's corruption, and its deception by its sorceries, at this time. This then becomes a time of war. The faulty, corrupt peace process that I described above for the country of Israel is the same one that Babylon U.S. will be caught in. Babylon U.S. will be involved because Jacob and his army, including the daughter of Zion, reside in Babylon. Have you ever wondered the real reason why the U.S. and the country of Israel have always been so close? The bloodline and branch of the Jacob army Judah remnant of God's children has been the submarine below the surface that Antichrist Chaldean leaders have long known must be dealt with. Just as will be the case with Israel's Chaldean leaders, the U.S.'s cooperating Chaldean leaders will be caught at this time. This will be a result of the trap that is set by God Himself. The following verse spoken by the Apostle Paul indicates destruction at a time of a woman with child. It is followed by a warning from God through the prophet Hosea. Both scriptures likely refer to the same event, applying to the corrupt dealmakers in both the country of Israel as well as in Babylon U.S. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. 1 Thess 5-3. When they shall go, i.e. to the new world order, I will spread my net upon them, I will bring them down as the fowls of the heaven, I will chastise them as their congregation hath heard. Haas 7:12. This event of destruction appears to come at that time when Babylon, the nation, and the country of Israel say peace and attempt to join, or escape to, the new world order. The first wave of Babylon's destruction at the hands of the Jacob army Zion travails. By the time Babylon's leaders finally awaken to the real war that has been taking place behind the scenes, it will be too late. 
This war will have included tremendous crime and persecution in the U.S. against the righteous Jacob army Judah remnant, including the daughter of Zion, and a larger part of God's remnant vineyard. Leaders will realize this has been a long-standing spiritual war and that God Himself is now involved. At this time, they will be in pain as a woman that travails, coinciding with the time of Zion's travail and persecution as she approaches the time of giving birth to Jacob. God Himself will lead the resulting destruction, and says, How for the day of the Lord is at hand, is 13-6, and I will shake the heavens, is 13-13. God's own people, His holy Jacob army, caused the first wave of destruction in this war. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord, and the weapons of His indignation, to destroy the whole land. Is 13-5. And they, Babylon's leaders, shall be afraid, pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them, they shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth, they shall be amazed one at another, their faces shall be as flames. Is 13-8. After the silent, behind-the-scenes war, upon Jacob's birth, Babylon U.S. leaders will be caught and identified for their corruption, crimes and misdeeds, just like those of Israel's will be. Then, God's punishment will begin against the Antichrist Chaldean's worldly kingdom. Wave 2, Babylon will be invaded and plundered Babylon's leaders remain in travail. Babylon's leaders will realize, similar to the country of Israel's leaders, that there is impending doom and destruction from external forces. Following the Jacob army's unconventional, behind-the-scenes war, then will come this second wave of destruction. I have shown in prior passages how an invasion at the hands of a great army invited by God to punish Babylon that comes from the north will include the end times Medes. Babylon will be punished for Zion's, Jacob's, and God's remnant's persecution, thereby fulfilling God's direct promise to His people, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee, Gen 12-3. God also says about this punishment on Babylon, reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled fill to her double, Revelation 18:6. Babylon's leaders will have their own pains at the same time Zion travails and Babylon U.S. will be invaded. Scriptures about this invasion are as follows. The king of Babylon hath heard the report of them, and his hands waxed feeble, anguish took hold of him, and pangs as of a woman in travail. Jer 50:43. Go up, O Elam, besiege, O Media, all the sighing thereof have I made to cease. Therefore are my loins filled with pain, pangs have taken hold upon me, as the pangs of a woman that travaileth, I was bowed down at the hearing of it, I was dismayed at the seeing of it. My heart panted, fearfulness affrighted me, the night of my pleasure hath he turned into fear unto me. Is 21-2-4. Their children also shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes, their houses shall be spoiled, and their wives ravished. Behold, I will stir up the meads against them, which shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they shall not delight in it. Is 13-16 and 17 seconds. Babylon U.S. will be invaded by the Assyrian and his international Chaldean armies. Babylon's kings and princes will be captured. See my prior passages that substantiate this Assyrian Chaldean-led invasion of Babylon U.S. In the last days, armies will subsequently plunder the nation at this time in the tribulation period. As I stated above, and in my last passage, this is the time when Jacob will be spiritually birthed, and the daughter of Zion is surrounded by murderers, Jer 431, which will be the Chaldean mob in her home country of Babylon U.S. Once this invasion comes, here are the instructions given directly to the daughter of Zion. We have heard the fame thereof, our hands wax feeble, anguish hath taken hold of us, and pain, as of a woman in travail. Go not forth into the field, nor walk by the way, for the sword of the enemy and fear is on every side. Jer 6 24-25. This is the time when the daughter of God's people is held hostage. As I showed earlier, 
This is the time when she is surrounded by murderers. Holy child birthing events as additional signs of war and necessary exodus from Babylon in the tribulation period. In scripture, there are specific, spiritual birthings of God's children in the end times that provide additional, corroborating detail about war that will come on to Babylon U.S. These birthings also inform the exodus event of God's people, Ephraim, who will return to the regathering after fleeing Babylon. These birthing signs and events are discussed in this section below. Signs based on the birthing of God's children Emmanuel. To continue with the birthing theme, and linking birthing signs to end-time events, certain prophecies told in the book of Isaiah, ch. 7, unmistakably refer to our last day's time period. One prophetic birthing is that which was fulfilled and retold at the birth of Jesus to Mary the Virgin, Matthew 1:23. While fulfilled at that time, the following verse in its context in the book of Isaiah has additional prophetic meaning as well. It exists within a line of scripture that says several times, in that day, with clear storyline indicators for our current last day's time period. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil, and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil, and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. Is 7 16 the kings referred to as forsaken in this story that has both historical and prophetic meaning are two kings, i.e. king of Israel and king of Syria, who aligned against Judah and Judah's king, Ahaz, at that time in history. Here, in scripture, the house of David is told, Syria is confederate with Ephraim, is 7-2. In simple prophetic terms, this represents an alignment of today's Babylon U.S. dots and its close allies Antichrist Chaldeans who are cooperating with Ephraim Chaldeans, i.e. today's Israel-slash-Northern Kingdom's people who are also living in Babylon. The latter are God's northern tribe people of today who are Chaldean traitors in the nation of Babylon U.S. Altogether, this powerful Chaldean alliance comes against and persecutes the righteous Jacob army Judah house of David remnant, including Jacob himself and the daughter of Zion. History repeats, only by God's incredible grand design. So, before Emmanuel, God with us, knows how to discern good-slash-evil, Symbolically speaking in terms of age, note, you mothers who are out there can estimate the age at which this happens, then both end times kings, i.e. kings of Babylon and Syria, will be caught by God. Their capture will happen at the hands of the king of Assyria, not Syria, as discussed above, who we are told in this part of the book of Isaiah will stretch out his wings and will fill the breadth of thy land, O Emmanuel. I have shown in prior passages how the Lord Emmanuel, God with us, resides in the last day's northern kingdom U.S. Note to the reader. Could Emmanuel, God with us, here represent the end times restrainer, comforter or Holy Spirit who we know is very likely living in Babylon and is taken out of the way? Birth to a virgin here implies deity, meaning Emmanuel must be a member of the Holy Trinity. The person in the form of the restrainer or Holy Spirit will be taken out of the way somewhat similar to how Joseph and Mary fled to Egypt to hide with their baby Jesus. This last day's time when Emmanuel is born will be a highly tumultuous time of war when today's northern kingdom, Babylon U.S., is invaded by the Assyrian and his armies. A natural question arises here as to the relationship between the birth of Emmanuel, which appears to be at the beginning of the tribulation period, and Jesus the man-child's birth at the point of mid-tribulation. Emmanuel is not immediately caught up. Jesus is. We do know from Scripture that the Lord Himself is in the land, Babylon U.S., fighting the Chaldean War along with the Jacob army in the last days, but this likely is happening even before the time of Emmanuel's birth in the last days. Signs based on the birthing of God's children Mahershal Hashbaz. In the very next section of the Isaiah scroll, ch.
8. Isaiah has a vision of his prophetess wife conceiving and bearing a son, whose name is to be called, as instructed by the Lord, Mahershal Hashbaz. A name that generally means swift to the spoil, quick to the plunder. Isaiah recites. And I went unto the prophetess, and she conceived, and bare a son. Then said the Lord to me, Call his name Mahershal Hashbaz. For before the child shall have knowledge to cry, My father, and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria shall be taken away before the king of Assyria. Is 8-3-4. So, before this child of God knows how to cry to his parents, Samaria the northern kingdoms, i.e. Babylon U.S. capital and a proxy for other end times U.S.'s major cities will be plundered and looted. Note here that this is done by the king of Assyria again, not the king of Syria. I have addressed the king of Assyria Pharaoh on this site with additional scriptures as the last day's leader of the international Chaldean nations, including today's Medes, who will invade and plunder Babylon. It is possible that the virgin mother of Emmanuel above is the same mother-slash-prophetess of Mahershal Hashbaz, ch. 8. If this is the case, it could be reasonable to assume that there are approximately three years between the births of these two boys, or about the length of half of the tribulation period. If this is the case, then Emmanuel and Mahershal Hashbaz could be bookends for the first half of the tribulation, just as I stated earlier that Jacob's and Jesus' births could be. When considering my explanation of end times Emmanuel in my note to the reader above, you can see that there are possible explanations for parallels or associations both between and across these two pairings. Meanwhile, for our practical purposes here, the combined birthings of Emmanuel and Mahershal Hashbaz appear to represent bookends for the approximate time period of the Assyrians' attack on Babylon, beginning with Babylon's kings being captured on the front end and the invaders looting the nation of Babylon U.S. On the back end. Signs based on the births of God's children Ephraim. You will recall that prophetic Ephraim represents a nation, land, a people, and possibly even a particular person. At the top level, Ephraim represents the collective people of God's last days Israel, northern kingdom, who live in Babylon U.S. Last days Ephraim is described as an unwise son. The very likely reason that Ephraim is unwise was given earlier in this passage. That is, his people are Chaldean traitors within Babylon, confederate with end-time Syria's, Babylon's close allies, Chaldeans. Again, related to birthings as a sign, we are told in Scripture about Ephraim. The sorrows of a travailing woman shall come upon him, he is an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. Haas 13 13. In general, Scripture tells us that last days Ephraim does not come to birth. Ephraim is in fact not spiritually birthed because he slashes people are blinded by their Chaldean associations. In parallel to the country of Israel's Chaldeans, Ephraims will realize their Chaldean associations, false gods and idols, were actually their enemies and deceivers. Sound familiar? As a result, prior to the Ephraim remnants return to the Lord and spiritual birth, they must be saved while in Babylon when the Assyrian invades. In a line of scripture, Haas. Ch. 11, that is God reflecting fondly on Ephraim when he was a child before he backslid and was blinded by Chaldean iniquities. God says that he will save Ephraim. God says through the prophet Hosea, How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee Israel? My heart is turned within me, my repentings are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger, I will not return to destroy Ephraim. Hoss 11-8-9. Prior to Ephraim's deliverance, its people will be forced to flee and will be scattered in the last days. We are told. My God will cast them away, because they did not hearken unto him, and they shall be wanderers among the nations. Hoss 9 17. Ephraim will flee Babylon U.S., 
largely during the time the Assyrian has invaded and come to plunder. Ephraim is indicative and representative of the worldwide remnant that will wander throughout the tribulation period at a time when God has hidden his face and asks in Scripture, Is there no king in you? It should be noted that Ephraim's people probably begin to wander even in the first half of the tribulation because of the trouble that will come upon Babylon. U.S. At this time, Recall that the prophet Isaiah a type of end times Jacob as I mentioned at the beginning of this passage, tells us that the children given to him are for prophetic signs and wonders. Above, we saw his son Mahershal Hashbaz's name means to plunder. Meanwhile, Isaiah's other son is named Shirdashub, whom we are told earlier in the same story, ch. 7, is with Isaiah when they consult with King Ahaz of Judah about the kings of Israel and Syria who were aligned against him. Isaiah's son Shirdashub's name means, a remnant shall return. I have addressed the larger Israel remnant that will return several times on this site. Although unbirthed at the time of the other holy children, Jacob Judah remnant, due to their rejection of Jesus, there will be an Ephraim remnant that will ultimately be saved and birthed at the final regathering. This will be after God hides his face and they wander. Scripture says. Therefore will he give them up, until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth, then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. Mike 5-3. Upon their wandering, Jesus' Spirit of Truth, the Comforter, the two witnesses and the 144,000 anointed ones will help His sheep who seek Him in the midst of their persecution and the terrors of the tribulation period. Remember the prayers of Jesus' sheep who were the mothers of Jesus and the prophets such as Mary, Elizabeth and Hannah, see Part 1, who prayed for the coming Messiah, Jesus, to be birthed so that the humble would be exalted and the proud and mighty oppressors would be put down. Many of God's sheep saints will find themselves praying this identical prayer in the tribulation period. And their prayers will be answered with Jesus' rebirth. Tilda. Ultimately, the prayers of God's sheep will be answered and the answer to the rhetorical question asked by God to His people, Is there no king in you? will be good news. The final answer will be that they do indeed have a king. The very next chapter of Isaiah, ch. 9, shows us the rebirth of Jesus, which I addressed in part 1 of this passage. In part 1, I described how this line of scripture refers to both Jesus' first coming on this earth as well as to his return again in the last days. People in the land of the shadow of death, Babylon, will get a preview in the midst of tribulation darkness. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Is 9 2. This appears to be a preview of Jesus in the tribulation for his people like Ephraim who are wandering and seeking him, although we do not know how visible he will be yet. We know that Jesus is rebirthed to the daughter of Zion, Rev 12, which may not be visible or readily apparent either. Meanwhile, continuing in this same part of the book of Isaiah, and from my last passage, you will recall the following scripture. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom, to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. Is 9-6-7. While this scripture is commonly attributed to his first earthly coming, I show that it also has obvious descriptors about Jesus' rebirth, his revealing and his ultimate return to establish his kingdom. Everyone will see him at his return. Jesus' return is the greatest hope we can possibly have in these end times. Grace and Peace. Lion's Lair, LL.